WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. Listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Woo! Good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We're getting a little pushback here on my SEC quarterbacks. Yes, I firmly believe that Will Rogers, Jackson Dart, or Sanders. Jaden Daniels and KJ Jefferson are the top four quarterbacks in the Southeastern Conference. Now, there will be others emerge. Some will play well, some will not. No, I'm not putting Spencer Rattler for one of our listeners into the top four. And yes, he could beat Mississippi State. And let's see, let me bring up my helmet schedule here. And that is on September 23rd, Mississippi State at South Carolina. The Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, brought to you by the Bacon, Bourbon, and Ribeyes at Kessler Prime and the Renaissance, KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. So, and I don't know if Jaden Daniels is the best. I mean, I don't know. He's good. He's big. He's mobile. He's got great players around him. And he throws it pretty well. Brian Kelly and that staff did a good job with him last year. But Will Rogers is filthy uh, accurate. I thought Dart played really well last year, considering. Um, Both were asked to do just about everything. And will be the... I mean, look, when you play at Mississippi State and Ole Miss... You're asked to drive to the grocery store, shop for the groceries, pay for the groceries, take them home, cook the meal, and serve it as quarterback at MSU and Ole Miss. You're not asked to do that at LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. Now, everywhere else, kind of the same thing. You know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss are closing the gap on the Auburns and Tennessees of the world. In Florida's, as far as talent. Lane Train and Zach Arnett are recruiting gangbusters now. I've always thought that both schools should be between 15 and 20. Now, you may not be on paper. 247 Sports is still going to go with the big brands. Um, Ole Miss has always recruited a little better. So, they've got, a, they've got more buzz. And, and they like buzz. They feed off buzz in the recruiting world. Mississippi State's a more passive group. They have become more dialed in and aggressive over the years. But, you know, I think you should live in the 15 to 20 range. There's crazy talent around here in this three, four-state area that you should be able to pick. You should be able to be a composite 17 recruiter in Starkville and Oxford. Now, we'll see if if your alums and donors continue to, to get into the Bulldog Initiative and the Grove Collective. 
Anybody who cares anything about winning should be given 30, 40 bucks a month. And, and by the way, do you agree with that or not? On the Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. So we've got Will Rogers, Jackson Dart, KJ Jefferson, and Jaden Daniels all in the same division. They're the best four quarterbacks. But we won't have divisions after this year. Um, I don't know what the East will give us. Do I expect Georgia's QB to be good? Yeah, just because of who they are and what they are. Uh, I don't know about Florida. Joe Milton at Tennessee, people are excited about Joe Milton. He, he is the darling. He's at a big enough brand, and he didn't get to play, and Hendon Hooker was the dude and had a hell of a year last year. And so now Joe Milton is the darling of the quarterbacks in the for the SEC media. Wait till next week. It's on. And he's going to SEC media days. And he's, he's in a quarterback-friendly offense, right? Josh Heupel, Mike Leach's first quarterback signee at the University of Oklahoma. Heupel is the quarterback. Is the uh, is the coach at, at Tennessee? Spencer Rattler. We'll see what he'll do this year. Uh, uh, I don't know if I have a, if I have a lot of com- confidence in their offensive staff or if Rattler's really that good. Maybe he is. And then outside of that, nobody cares about the teams in the East. So that's basically. Well, I mean, I, let me throw in Florida. I don't know what they're going to do. They've got a new guy at quarterback. Good luck with that. They get, they get to go on the road and play at Utah. And I know y'all don't watch Utah football, but they're tough as nails, well-coached, and Whittingham is, is, is one of the best coaches in all of college football. He was an Urban Meyer disciple and has been there since Urban left Utah to go to Florida. But, I, yeah, I've got Jaden Daniels, Will Rogers, and they're all different. Jaden Daniels, big kid, mobile and can throw it some. Great players around him. So, Jaden can make mistakes. They're not magnified at LSU. Will Rogers, super accurate. They say he's gotten bigger in the offseason. I actually had somebody inside the program tell me this. And I was surprised. They said, look, don't take this and go crazy with it, like most sports fans, like Jason. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he said he's more mobile and athletic than we thought. Okay. That No, that doesn't mean that he's Jaden Daniels. But he may can move around a little bit more and Barbe can figure out some things to do to make everything better for him. Jackson Dart, he's super athletic. Big kid. You know, needs to get needs to be more accurate. But yeah. he's also young. I mean, he got thrown in the fire. Ole Miss didn't have a big time receiver. And I, I thought he played well. I mean, I, I know the first seven games were the easiest schedule we've seen in the history of the SEC West, but he played well. All in all. Was he great? No. Was he bad? Absolutely not. Is he tougher than I thought? I mean, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, it's a Southern Cal kid. That's a West Coast kid. What happened? <laughs> Man, that kid got absolutely lit up and got up and got up time and time again. So I got to give him... Props for that. Will Spencer Sanders take his job? We'll see. And then I go up to Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson's tough as nails. Typical Mississippi kid from rural Mississippi. Very, very talented. Uh, Big, physical, 
will hurt you. Um, super dangerous in the red zone when used correctly. And, um, but we'll see what KJ Jefferson looks like without Kendall Browse. Kendall Browse was his offensive coordinator the last couple of years. Now Kendall is at TCU. You know, and that was a heck of a hire, by the way, from by TCU. When when Garrett Riley, Lincoln Riley's younger brother, for our listeners, Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma. He's now the head coach at Southern Cal. When Lincoln Riley's brother, Garrett Riley, left TCU to go to Clemson, Dabo realized he had to make a move. I admire coaches who realize, I got to cut the cord. Dan Mullen did that with Peter Sermon. You can't wait around. You can't wait around. You know, um, Crime Dog McGriff is a defensive coordinator. He didn't need another year, right? You knew. It just wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't going to happen. He's a recruiter, right? He's a big game hunter on the streets. That's why you have to, of course, later, Dan didn't do that. But at Mississippi State in 2016, Dan Mullen hires Peter Sermon. Boom. Cuts the cord. Dabo promoted from within after he lost his OC to Virginia. Didn't work. And he goes and gets Garrett Riley from TCU, who was in the national championship game, even though they lost 65 to zero. Mike Natillier will join us at 8:30 on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. This hour is brought to you by the uh, Bourbon, Bacon, and Steaks at Kessler Prime in the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. ESPN The Zone 105.9. I think uh, Jake from Yazoo won something today. We'll figure it out because we have some good texts, but he just crushed it on Anthony Richardson the former Florida Gator quarterback who was somehow drafted fourth in the NFL draft a couple of months ago. And the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Irsay, is is advocating. He's not advocating. He's telling, basically, the general manager and head coach that Anthony Richardson will play and play early regardless if he's ready, which... I don't think he will be. But Jake from Yazoo on the text line, Anthony Richardson is like a bookcase from Ikea. Sure, you want to open and use it, but there's 100 pieces. Build it too quick, it falls apart after you put the third book on it. Then you realize half the screws are still in a bag. And your bookcase is now Ron Leafed. That's pretty (laughs) good. Jake from Yazoo, you are the winner of something cool. We will find it here in studio, and we will, uh, well, we'll get it to you some some way. Some oh, he sent us a picture of the Yazoo Country Club. Okay, so good to hear from Jake from Yazoo on the Ag Up Equipment text line. Yeah, I was talking SEC quarterbacks this morning. Brought to you by Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs. Superior, they can also 
you know, look, they fix driveways, pool decks. I mean, that's what they specialize in. Foundation, driveways, pool decks. Uh, they're in and out. Superior, superior, superior dot MS. But the SEC QB thing, Mississippi State knows they have a really good one. Ole Miss feels good about it with Dart and maybe Sanders. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Walker Howard. I don't know. But either way, feel good. I mean, I think he'd feel better about Dart or Sanders. One played in the system last year in the SEC. The other played four years at Oklahoma State. It's just a difference there with Spencer Sanders, right? And, and, and Dart. K.J. Jefferson's a dude. He absolutely is. And he does have Raheem Sanders. I'll have to look a little bit at exactly what Arkansas has. I'm not sure that looks as good as people think. But he's a playmaker. He can, look, he can, br- he can bring it down, and he can hurt you for, he can rip off six to eight yards, much less 15 to 20 yards. And then Jaden Daniels, we all know he's going to be in a good spot, right? But we also all know that what what is what does Jaden Daniels do early? They play Florida State. I mean, Darter Sanders played Mercer for Ole Miss. Mississippi State plays Southeast Louisiana. I mean, these are snoozers, right? It's unacceptable the way Georgia and Bama scheduled. Georgia plays UT Martin. Bama plays Middle Tennessee. But Jaden Daniels and LSU, they have to play Florida State. And Florida State believes that they turned the corner last year, the last six games of the season. They believe that Norvell had finally been there long enough. They got the thing going and so on. That's why it cracks me. I mean, it took Norvell a minute. And Norvell was an established coach at Memphis. Yeah. And the ACC's weak. And Florida State's one of the top recruiters in the ACC. And yet when I say, hey, you need to show some patience with Zach Arnett as a first-year head coach, Matt Brock as a first-year defensive coordinator ever, and Kevin Barbet as a first-year OC at the Power 5 level, and Resdahl goes crazy. Because that, evidently that just doesn't, that's not logic and reasoning. Yeah. People talking about going nine and three. Way to set your head coach up to fail. And, and your expectations and your family. Your schedule's brutal. You're not going to be favored in an, in an SEC game until November 4th against Kentucky. November 4th. You'll have played for nine weeks. You will, let me say that real slow for those in the back, back. You will not be favored in a Southeastern Conference game until November 4th. Does that sound, I'm putting it in air quotes. We're going to have the video go in here soon. Does that sound like a great schedule? I mean, come on. It's especially first year. Like Ole Miss fans, we like to say, you know, Lane Kiffin's first year. Oh, we're about to beat Florida first game. You know, we're going to start rolling into something. And then, you know, it was five and five. In a four ten, and five. Well, 10-game SEC. Well, yeah, four and five. Yeah, you, you got lucky. You missed A&M at A&M. Yeah. That, look, Lane's been living right. He's pulled Vandy every year. 
And in the COVID year, he missed the A&M team that went nine and one, uh, eight and one at, at A&M. Cause that's, you know, 60%, 60-40 A&M wins that game. But the point is, Arnett, uh, in his first year, and, and how about this welcoming to the SEC? LSU at home, Alabama at home in your first five games. And by the way, it doesn't matter where games are played in the Southeastern Conference. 80% of the time, the best recruiter wins. I do love it when y'all get all into like game times. And I think it's great. If you play better, you win. If not, it doesn't matter if it's an 11 a.m. kick or 7, at, 7 o'clock at night. You've just got more juice in you. I get that. You have more time to tailgate and break it down in the Grove and in the Junction. But game times don't matter, and where it's played doesn't matter. In the SEC, the other conferences are a little bit different because they're not built like us. But Mike Norvell has just turned the corner at Florida State the last six games of this year. I'm sorry, last year. And LSU and Florida State play. That could be the game of the weekend. It really could. Yeah. Norvell and them feel like they're bringing back some dudes. LSU's bringing back Jaden Daniels. This is year two for Brian Kelly. They proved that they could do some really good things, beating Tennessee and Alabama. No. Hold on. They beat Alabama. And didn't they smoke Tennessee? Or did Tennessee smoke them? Let's look at that. How about that? Let's use the Google. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Superior Foundation. Driveways, decks, pool decks, cracked. Of course, your foundation, your home, superior.ms. What do we got? Yeah, Tennessee smoked LSU. That's what it was. That was Hendon Hooker's big game against LSU and Bama. 40-13. Wow. Wow. At a noon game, by the way. (laughs) The with the time of the day not mattering. I love it. So the this and, and here's how we know if Mississippi State or Ole Miss are, are gonna have a good year. You win the games you're supposed to win, and more of the swing games. Win more of the swing games than you lose. That's it. It's that simple. I mean that Arkansas and Auburn, those are both big those are telling signs for state, I think. Well, Yeah, they're both on the road. That's why the years where they have Arkansas, Auburn, and A&M at home is usually when they make hay and give Leach and Arnett and Will Rogers credit for what they did last year. They won those three games. That just makes it... Yeah, and you end up in a Florida Bowl. New Year's Day Bowl. Cool place, Tampa, Buccaneer Stadium, all that. It lines up that when they pull that schedule... Is when they make hay. Now this they will, that schedule will no longer exist because it was last year, and then you got this year's schedule, and then we go into next year with Oklahoma and Texas. So we know kind of how that that looks. Um, but they they swept them, and that's even with the loss to Kentucky at Kentucky. They still got the Outback slash Rely Quest Bowl for Jason. Out of Bounds brought to you by Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs, Superior. Also, make outside fun again with Mosquito Joe. 
jackson.mosquitojoe.com. Mike Dettelier coming up next on the Out of Bounds Show. This is the SEC Insider Hit. And it's presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. Now, I need to be honest. I wish we had better games week one college football. We went through a little phase there where we did. You know, growing up, we didn't. And then um, ah, things started to change like 10 or 12 years ago. And uh, now not as much other than the game that we were just discussing. That's really got some muscle in it with LSU and Florida State. We know what happened last year. And people really wrote LSU off. Well, how'd that work out? LSU got better and better and better. Other than the Tennessee hiccup, played um, really, really well in Brian Kelly's first year. And I mean, this has to be the game of the week. Um, I mean, you got Florida, Utah, you got a couple others that you make and sink your teeth into. And we got these week zero games, but it looks like the season is going to get moved up to week zero eventually because of the college football playoff. But we'll get into that later. But LSU and Florida State, and we had talked to Mike D about this a few months ago, but it really looks like Mike Norvell and Florida State turned the corner last year. And so this could be one heck of a game in Florida uh, to start off the year. We want to welcome in Mike Dettelier, uh, WWL Radio TV New Orleans, LSU Saints insider, among other things. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. This is the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Mike, I, I think this is the uh, premier game of the week to start college football off this year. <laughs> There's no question about it. And it might be the toughest game that both of them have to play all year in the regular season. Uh, Florida State's not going to play anybody in the ACC as talented as LSU. And uh, Florida State's a legit contender uh, for the national title. They really are. And so it might be the toughest game LSU plays during the regular season. You know, with what happened last year, and uh, we all freak out game to game, and then, man, LSU got their act together. And other than the the weird Tennessee game, um, played really well, got better, Jaden Daniels, uh, just all around. But norvell there were some questions about norvell and then he drops a 10 and three and they're bringing back some key pieces um i expect this to be a hell of a game again mike uh, again it's it's the best game <clears throat> to start it off and to have two teams legitimate uh when you're putting a top top five or six together in college football both of them are included. <laughs> so you really don't get too much better than that. Uh, Mike's done a good job. He did a good job recruiting, but he was able to develop some talent across the board. And it was key for him that he had to have a trigger man, and he's got it. Uh, Travis can play uh, at that quarterback spot. They got some big receivers. They give LSU um, an issue early. If that's a question mark for the Tigers, it's in the secondary. Uh, you got a lot of new pieces there, especially at corner. 
And if I'm Florida State, I'm coming off the bus throwing the football at mm-hmm. LSU. No question about it. And so uh, it, it's going to be uh, kind of the chess game early because of the fact the one thing in college football, it's a little different than the NFL, and the NFL does it differently today because the, the way they play preseason, I don't, I don't know if you could even say that, but you really don't. There is no kind of kick game for you. And sometimes what you see early is not what you late. And I refer to it as similar to something Barry Switzer told me years ago about a bowl game, that what you see in late November, early December, you don't see it again in December. You either get better or you get worse. You don't stay the same. And I look at it in college football, similar how you start the season. Because a lot of times, like last year, LSU started off, they had two freshman offensive tackles and a freshman tight end. Okay, these are kids that are just coming off the high school teams and starting the first game at this level. And they got better as the season went along. Uh, Harold Perkins who, I mean, you could tell in practice he was a different player. Go back um, in that game against Florida State a year ago. He wasn't a difference maker, was he? Mm. But look how the season went. He sure was late. (laughs) He was a big-time player as a freshman late. So you, you can see sort of the growth of a team, and I think now with transfer portal, name, image, likeness, having to play freshmen more, that those early games are a little bit of a mirage of which you get a little bit later. But LSU having both teams this year, having the experience at quarterback, experienced offensive lines, uh, good receiving cores, this is going to be can either defense slow down one another. Mike Dettelier on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. You're listening to Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Um, are you buying Jordan Travis as one of the top guys in the 2024 class? You better believe it. He's legit. Um, again, it was. it's never a smooth ride, and he didn't get it either. He had to transfer, but man, he could throw the football He's smart. He's accurate. He reads coverages really well downfield. And um, the big question mark, I think, with Florida State is how well they'll run the ball. Mm. Uh, it's, it's not about Travis and them throwing it. Uh, Jordan will do a really good job there. It's going to be the physicality, and can they win up front running the ball when they need to and have to? Uh, but I don't have any question on him. He, he's legit. Uh, and, again, I think he puts them in a situation where they could be a Final Four team. He's wow. that good, and this Florida State team is that good. How about that? So, Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis, um, I think he's like 28 years old. 
This is his fourth season under Norvell. And Jaden Daniels is a veteran, too, after his time at Arizona State and now LSU. So you're looking at two guys who have played a ton of football, and people expect um, both to play in the... And I think it's safe to say that that Jaden Daniels is going to get, you know, more than a shot to play in the NFL, right, Mike? He's got a shot to be an early-round pick. Really does. Uh, he's physically gotten stronger uh, from a year ago. He's never going to be a guy that's uh, you got to worry about his weight. Let's just put it to you that way. Just the way his build is. He's got a tall I've done this over 30 years. Wow. There's nobody better than him. Uh, his open field running skills are unique. And he's got another speed element he can kick into out in the open field. Last year, I thought he was hesitant at times to throw the football, and especially early when a receiver wasn't open. He got better at it as the season went along, and I think that's the part I want to see more from him. His ability to throw the ball out there before a receiver makes a cut and a break. Can he do that on a consistent basis? He was a little erratic with it last year. And then, which really hurt, and everybody blamed him, but it wasn't. Keishon Butte last year, over 20% of the throws in his area, he dropped. Wow. He was supposed to be the All-American guy, okay? But Malik Davis develops into that person. Um Butte did not have a good season last year at LSU. And then he goes on to the pros, and he has struggled even early there with the Patriots. But, man, he had a ton of drops last year. And so that's got to be something LSU's receiving court. they got to find another guy. If it's Karen Lacey, if it's Brian Thomas Jr., oh, they got to find a compliment to Malik Neighbors. Uh, one thing I do know, Mason Taylor is going to be a big-time player in college football. And we saw it last year. Brian loves to throw the football to the tight end. And as an 18-year-old freshman, Mason Taylor really came through for him. His dad could play. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why he's in Pro Football's Hall of Fame. <laughs> so you've got some genetics. Uh, uh, but, man, uh, he's really um, that big over-the-middle target that LSU is looking for. And so with Malik and now with Mason, you got two guys that can really do some damage in the passing game. But they're looking for that third option uh, at receiver. I think that if there's a question on offense, it's, it's there. It's always going to be running back by committee at LSU. And as long as Brian's there, because he did a lot of that at Notre Dame, no matter where he's been, he's always been running back by committee. Who has the hot hand? And so uh, I think it's a talented receiving core, but not one guy has stepped forward in the spring to take over that other spot opposite Malik Neighbors. Well, I think he's one of the most underrated wideouts in college football, and he's a really good player. And against State last year, 
he took over that game late. He did. He did. The fumble on the 10 and Malik Neighbors was uh, state had, as you know, uh, control of the game. And then things unraveled after that. That, that, you know, that could be, we're talking LSU, Florida State, but two weeks later, LSU at Mississippi State. Should LSU win the game? Yes. But it could be a heck of a football game, Mike. Yeah, and another interesting game early. Ole Miss, Tulane. You're talking about a double-digit winning Tulane team that beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. And now, man, Ole Miss is going to put up some points. And you have Tulane. uh, They lost Nick Anderson, Dorian Williams uh, to the NFL on defense. And those two guys were playmakers at the highest level at linebacker for Tulane. But that Mississippi State-LSU game is always an interesting game. But but Tulane-Ole Miss, I think, is another one to watch. Where Tulane returns Michael Pratt at quarterback, four of their five starting offensive linemen. Uh, they had a big group of receivers last year, so they they returned a couple of those guys. Who's going to take Tajay Spears' place at running back? And Tajay last year, they really leaned on him when they needed something. That is going to be something else to watch too, because. I think that may end up being the toughest game Tulane plays all year is against Ole Miss. Yeah. They've redefined that conference now. And I look at Willie Fritz. He's been to four bowl games. That's incredible. And beating USC in the Cotton Bowl, most coaches, when they've had success at Tulane, have left. Uh, When I was a kid, Jim Pittman had the one big season at Tulane, and he left to go to TCU. You look at Mac Brown, has that one big season, takes off to go to North Carolina. Bowden had the one the undefeated season, and he leaves to go to Clemson. Uh, Larry Smith in the 70s has that one big season, takes off, goes to Arizona. Willie has stayed, and he had a chance to leave last year to go to Georgia Tech. And he decided to stay at Tulane. And so he's pieced this together really well. And I think Ole Miss is going to be a very explosive offensive team uh, in 2023. <laughs> and you also got that threat of the running game now. Yeah. The big guy running the ball. Because uh, you look at Kiffin and you think about the pitch and catch part of the game. Now he's got this big horse at running back. And so – Early on, that Tulane Ole Miss game is going to be a very interesting game. Because you now, you get one thing for sure, you're going to have experienced quarterbacks on both sides. No matter what, who Ole Miss throws at you, he's, he's got a lot of experience at quarterback. And Michael Pratt's basically been a two and a half, almost a three year starter at Tulane. And an experienced offensive line, four to five guys back including the center. So, yeah, while we talk about LSU-Mississippi State, that Tulane-Ole Miss game 
is uh, is a good one to watch too. No, I agree. I, I you know, be interesting to see how Lane Kiffin can keep everybody happy in the quarterback room between Dart Sanders and Howard. You're not gonna keep them all happy, believe me. Listen, when you got that type talent, and I take Howard now, he sort of knows that this is going to be between the two vets this year. And how he works it with the two veteran guys is interesting. Uh, Because, man, it's rare you get that type talent with that much experience uh, in that room. Because Dart started at USC, okay? And then he comes and he takes over at Ole Miss, and now you got a guy who has been a really good player at Oklahoma State. He can really chuck the ball. How do you manage that? My thing is, he didn't come here to watch. Yeah, he didn't come here to watch El Holdo clipboard. He came here because nod, nod, wink, wink. Hey, uh, you the guy. Well, how's this going to shake out in August? Dart or Sanders? And, And how do you stay around if you're Sanders? I mean, if you run it all the way through August and you don't win it, it's over. Yeah, you can't, you can't like transfer the week before the first game and find a spot and know the offense, even though you're insane. It, it never made sense for him to pick Ole Miss, but, uh, I, but he didn't have as, as successful as he was at Oklahoma State and under Gundy. It didn't make sense why he didn't have more suitors either. I don't I don't know. It's a weird deal. Uh, again, I go back to it. He didn't come to Ole Miss to be a backup. He didn't. And Dart last year had his moments, but he was an erratic passer. Sure. Now where he was better than I thought. His ability to run the ball. I agree. So how, how do you kind of work that. Now, Lane's done his magic, and he does a really good job with quarterbacks. Uh, but, man, uh, to keep them both happy, that's not going to happen. Somebody's going to not be happy with this. But, again, it's an old Hank Stram line, and he would always tell me, by you, I'd rather have too much talent and have that problem than not have enough. That's That's a good point. So, you know, between NIL, egos, uh, representation around all these guys. Can you keep Dart, Sanders, and Howard happy? Or will will two of them actually sit on the sideline all season and watch? But here's something else, Mike. Somebody threw this out at me. Is Ole Miss draws a a brutal draw? So does MSU, but uh, early because they both play LSU and Bama. Um, but Ole Miss plays at Bama and then LSU at home back to back. If whoever is the starter struggles which doesn't mean they're not good. They're just playing two phenomenal teams. But whoever's starting struggles, that could be an opening for whoever didn't win it in August camp. Your thoughts? That might be the case. Um, I hate to throw it out, but, it, you know, injury, too, is another factor there. Uh, that something happens, and physically, maybe that, that player is, you know, he maybe he's banged up or something happens, and you've kind of, you know, your choice now is made for you uh, because of the injury. But it's difficult, and 
man, Lane's never been a guy that really liked this two-quarterback system because I've heard that thrown out too. Maybe he uses both. <clears throat> but that's not his forte. He's never been someone to really want to manage it with two guys. True. And, and there's good in some of that, and also there's a negative in that. And so, uh, yeah, it's interesting how he manages it. Because I think Howard's got to know that he's odd man out this year. Unless injuries would really happen to the two other guys. He understands that that maybe the door is open for 2024 for him. But and for 2023, it's going to be either Darta Sanders that's going to be the starter. Uh, again, I'd much rather have that problem than not have it. Then I'm wondering who's going to be my starter because I don't have enough talent at quarterback. That's not the case here. The other thing is, who is going to be the big man receiver yeah, for Ole Miss? I don't know if they have. I, I don't think they have a a that level guy. I think they could have a collection of B guys, but I don't. I mean, there there's there's no. Well, there's definitely no AJ Brown, but he he's a unicorn. There there's no Elijah Moore. Um, so I don't think they have it, Mike. I think Jordan Watkins can be a you know a good SEC player, and he can hurt you at times. But I don't think they have a dude on on at, even even the UT San Antonio and LaTeX guy. I think it's got to be by committee, Mike D. I do. Yeah, I, and I think it's going to be a lot of short, quick throws, which tells me that favors Sanders, who played in that system True. at Oklahoma State. Yes. Yeah, Gundy loves doing that stuff. He played in a system where you're getting rid of the football and you're throwing to a spot uh, of not having the A guy at receiver uh, as of now. Uh, But, man, when you got a running back like what you got, (laughs) uh, he helps open up a lot of things for you on offense because now you're going to put an extra safety in the box to try to stop him. I could roll me that slot guy or that tight end right up the middle now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, man, when you got a running back, and, and not a lot of teams in college football has that guy. Ole Miss has that guy at running back where he can sort of just take over a game. And, yeah, he might have eight carries for 42 yards uh, early on. And then all of a sudden he breaks one, and it opens up things in the passing game. But not having that A receiver today, to me, much favors Sanders than it does Dawson. I think you may be onto something. To be continued with Mike Detillier next week, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. Thanks, Mike D. See you, buddy. Thank you, bud. The, uh, the Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Sound and Communications. SoundcomAB.com, the absolute leader in providing leading-edge audiovisual for businesses, churches, and sports facilities powered by sound and communications. SoundcomAB.com. They work with the best. You want to work with the best. SoundcomAB.com. Hour number three coming up. 